there, how's it going everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is a podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Uh, it's time once again for another installment of Show and Tell. It's and, been so long. You know, a little backstory about this. Carl alluded to this last week that... You know, we record most of our episodes remotely, so this is mm-hmm. the first time I've seen Carl in person in a really long time. <laughs> we only do things on and mic. <laughs> the other cool thing is we are joined today by our third brother, Marty Brueggemann. First time what? on a show and tell, right? Hey, no, I think, it's his, I think it's his second time. We did original showcase together. but We remember we did that one where he first played the Coco Ron Oh, you're stuff. right. Oh, so yeah. your second time on a show and tell. Oh, oh my gosh, this the, would have been years ago. The yeah. reason why we wanted to have Marty on quite frankly, was this was the only time logistically yeah. that all three of us could be in the same room at the same time. Absolutely. Because Carl and I had already planned yeah. to record this episode. you've got COVID. You've got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. No, so, we're all vaccinated. This is really good. fun to, to see you guys in person. Cause yeah, it's it's going to be so fun to like hang out in the nerdiest way possible, which is record a podcast together. But we have some jams today. It's been so long since we've had a show and tell. Uh, this is show and tell 31. What you guys are hearing now is my first pick and to start things off will guess the composer guess the composer of this awesome arcade groovy track Ooh, um just go it, with your gut is it uh is it a sakamoto or hashimoto hashimoto, hashimoto? Nice. yeah dude it's hikoshi hashimoto <laughs> yeah. that is a b cop and that is stage one one. He does have a style. He really does. Yeah, boy, that just hits the spot. That Colorful so great. and delicious. Great tune, great arrangement. Um, so this is, <sighs> guys, this is going to be kind of a special show and tell. So me and Will are going to be going back and forth between some picks, slightly less than we usually do. Marty's going to be hanging out. And at the end, we're going to do a little mini segment uh, where Marty's going to unveil some exciting music of his from a game. Uh, that just came out. Yeah, we have a few kind of projects that um, we're sort of excited to plug on today's episode because Marty has this great soundtrack that uh, he's releasing and Carl also has a brand new Sonic-esque yeah. album. Which is coming yeah. out this Friday if you're listening to it on release and this Thursday uh, will be the listening party. I so. asked Carl to play something from it <laughs> I'm and such he said a nerd. absolutely not. No, I just, I, <laughs> I like the idea of saving things up and, and kind of surprising people. Yeah, I get that. So so I'm just too much of a nerd for that. But all right, so let's keep the the awesome music going. Will, what is your first pick of the day? So one of the things that's fun is we haven't done a show and tell episode in so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's like over a year, honestly. I, I'd i have to go back. I'll check. The last check one the I think archive. was like July of 2020 or maybe. I'll check the archive, yeah. I don't know. But uh, it, it, it's, it's been a long time and they're- um, It's been a while. One of the things that- is fun about these episodes since we do them in person you know um it it has hopefully kind of a different feel to it but there also ends up being this something that's emerged um over the years as we've done these show and tells is uh, in addition to finding kind of hidden gems from the past, it also is sort of a catalog of a lot of the new games coming out that are 
in our lives where we bring stuff that are affecting us. And Mm. one of my favorite games of this past year was Metroid Dread. And Mm. that is a game that I was so eagerly anticipating and was very happy with. Mm -hmm. And I know one of the divisive things about Metroid Dread is its music. And I am the first to admit that, you know, the music is not nearly of the of the ilk or the level of the series. But the track that I'm playing is is actually not one that you're likely to have heard hmm. um, if you've just played the game to, to some degree. And this is actually the staff role theme. Oh, wow. And one of the comments that I've always heard about Dread is that, you know, there are no memorable melodies. There are no hummable themes. And I think you'll be surprised that this staff role is from Dread because stylistically, it's very much like the Super Metroid ending, but it actually gives me a lot of like Mario Galaxy vibes. Yeah. Oh, so fantastic. fair warning, it does use some... Uh, virtual instruments. It's not a real orchestra. I think they're pretty good, but they're about the level of like the, you know, Nintendo Land virtual Mm, instruments. But this is a piece of music. I think it's more about the composition. The composers we have on this game are Soshi Abe and Sayako Doi, and Kenji Yamamoto was the music and sound director for this game. So let's take a listen to Staff Roll from Metroid Dread. Here we go. Staff roll from Metroid Dread. I feel like I just conquered something. God, yeah. that was great. That was exciting. Well, could you paint a little bit of a picture of what a company... Is it literally uh, just text and names? Or Hashtag spoilers. Or is there any kind of imagery? It is that just the, okay. the, the text and names. Um, something that's a little odd about Metroid Dread, and you know, I don't want to give too much away, but I feel like the ending is abrupt. And I don't mean like narratively. I mean just like... It, it cuts to the credits so much faster. Like, it doesn't mm. leave any time for the final images to breathe. There's mm. no cut to black, and then you get two seconds. It's just like, oh, now the game's over. So that's something that I think <laughs> definitely was jarring to me the first time I played this. Right. Um, but this piece of music is great. Yeah, something great. that's interesting, though, is even though you know I like this piece of music, one of the reasons I wanted to bring this in was to just talk a little bit about the music to Dread and why maybe some people were left feeling disappointed. And I think even though this piece of music is good, it's sort of a bizarre choice as the staff role for a game that features 
uh, very few orchestral elements mm-hmm. um, and very few melodies. And it doesn't sound anything like the rest of the soundtrack. Yeah, and the thing is, is like the model I think of this composition was Kenji Yamamoto's staff role from Super Metroid, mm-hmm. but sure. that wove in motifs that yeah. you've been introduced to throughout the game. Right. Well, and that also was more it meaningful was, because it was of a it. little bit more commonplace in that era to have a staff role that sounded that way. Sure. Uh, sure. Whereas now, I mean, anything is is possible you can do anything you want and yeah this is really good um it doesn't remind me of anything i experienced musically uh from the parts of the game that i played yeah i I was pretty disappointed with the music it it was very effective for the experience it didn't like take me out of it but it wasn't memorable yeah and it didn't like one of the things about metroid games is unfortunately you know the music is usually one of the the most immersive parts of the experience and so when that's not there that was one of the reasons why i had actually had a hard time continuing with dread and it didn't captivate me sound design i think is is hugely important in the atmosphere and i think it's something that was also a missed opportunity not just in terms of you know obviously with this podcast and everything we love great new melodies, great classic pieces of music to listen to. Mm -hmm. But even in terms of immersion in the game, I feel like there were so many moments where the visuals and gameplay were really well done and were meant to feel tense and scary. And I didn't really feel like the music supported that tone enough Mm. to the point that I actually was scared. Where It's ironic that something like Metroid Fusion on the GBA had so many more of those tense moments where right you felt genuinely scared and the music is such a huge part of that but i don't mean to like bash on dread i i love this game i played it like five times so oh um, wow i felt like i needed impressive. to do something from it and i do think i'm that glad you did because yeah I, I had never heard that and that's a really strong piece of music so we're going back to back orchestral tracks i have something have you guys heard any of Richard Jake's score for Guardians of the Galaxy, the game. Ooh, oh, not yet. I heard no. good things about oh, it, man. Though. That really, sounds like a perfect really good. fit, honestly. <laughs> he absolutely killed it. I'm going to play a track for you guys called Entering the Zone from Guardians of the Galaxy by one of my favorite composers and really a composer that consistently inspires me from various <laughs> projects uh, that, that I work on. Richard Jake's, here we go.
you guys are listening to Entering the Zone from Guardians of the Galaxy by the wonderful Richard Jakes. So oh, much wow, energy on this. Yeah, just obviously the sound of it is impeccable. This was Very recorded at Abbey Road. of Sonic 3D Blast. <laughs> so, but it's not just the sound. I mean, his, his composition is so inspired, and you definitely should check out the whole score because it's just really, really good stuff. And it doesn't really sound like what I come to expect from Richard Jakes, but yeah. it goes to show the, the, you know, the diversity... Uh, and the skill that that he has, but yeah, he he put a lot of heart into this. And Will was mentioning something that I wanted to say is uh, this score is really cool because Richard composed it, but it was kind of a collaboration too because these two other people did more of what you would expect and added like songs too, like '80s kind of songs as like a band. I don't know if it was a fictional band. So there's there's the score, and then there's also this album of more kind of '80s oh, that's songs fantastic. too. Right. Uh, and so a lot to it's enjoy. interesting. I was almost expecting when you said Richard Jakes that that's what he would do because right. he's so good in that kind of um, old style 70s, 80s kind Send of pop, kind of funk, yeah. fusion. He's good he's at so a lot. He's so good at genre <laughs> stuff. But yeah, yeah, give this boy a movie. This is right? fantastic. I mean, this... Uh, yeah, not to speak in any kind of like negative way at all, but this is kind of what I wish a snapshot of modern right? film score. That's what I've been was. hearing people yeah. online talk about. It's like, man, this is such an exciting superhero score. And it's like, this is kind of the sound that I want to get more. And of. I think part of it is one of the reasons we like it is because of its simplicity in terms of the, you know, you can tell this is a great orchestra, a great space. Mm-hmm. They set up the mics and there's not much. It's a performance. Yeah. You're getting that natural sound. It's great well orchestrated and well, pass around the yeah, orchestra. well arranged. And I think that so much Hollywood music now is recorded in all these little separate stems mm-hmm. and, and that it's so overproduced. Everything's yeah. over compressed and, it's so hybrid. It was something that you could have you could have complained about pop design. music. Not so much now, but like let's sure. say ten years ago. Sure, sure. It's kind of that complaint. All right, well, I, yeah. There's just something you can't. I think there's nothing more classic than the sound of an orchestra. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything more heroic than the it's sound of so an orchestra. Exciting. And yeah. just because you can make it sound bigger and you can make the orchestra sound like a rock band doesn't mean it's going to sound more heroic well and, i think yeah, sometimes can, it, we've all talked one. about this but it actually <laughs> can make it sound smaller because right, you don't have right. the contrast right uh the dynamic contrast will it is your is this your second pick yeah so this is something i'm really excited to play uh this is from a, a more obscure japanese rpg and this, this is a series of rpg games called meta rot and we've oh, played i've heard uh, of that yeah. we've played um, I've couple tracks from a the game, game Metarot Three, which we was played a Metarot GB by, track. Yeah, it oh, is. Okay, that's Metarot Three. Got it. And that was composed by Iko Mizutani mm-hmm. and Kinyo Yamashita. I'm going to play something from Metarot Five, and this score was just Kinyo Yamashita, and it's so good. And I've been checking out the series. They've had a lot of entrance a lot of entries in the series and pretty recent ones that both Mizutani and Yamashita have worked on like That's as really recent cool. as like 2015 wow. so i think um i'm going to play two tracks from this game today and i really propose that we do an episode on this series I'm at down. some point cuz the music is just Fantastic. So this game is called Metarot 5, the Susutake Transfer Student. In One of this, my favorites. This track is classic Yamashita. It's called Hiku's Theme. Let's take a listen.
Rocker. This is Hiku's theme, composed by Kinuo Yamashita. Oh, that could be a classic. It, it is. is. A classic. It feels like. Yeah, it, it reminds me of her uh, Zero's theme from Mega Man X. Yeah. Oh, sure, totally. Um, yeah. And you know, there's a there was another track I wanted to play from this that I ended up cutting, but I really wanted to play it because it sounds like a lost Castlevania track. Like we'll have to do that series spotlight. The whole arrangement. Yeah, we got to do more on this series. I wanted to give a quick disclaimer. You guys may be hearing some interesting sounds. We have, uh, it's kind of a zoo in here today. You might hear our pets, and also you might hear our significant others doing some various cooking and different things upstairs. So it's it's a fun day here, but it might be a little bit noisier than usual. Um, Will, great pick. Yeah, I remember when you said that that name that I, I, I feel like it was something we played on the Game Boy Music You May Not Have Heard episode. Yeah, and then um, we also did it on our collaborators episode remember sure, we did that yes. Yamashita and Mizutani they're such strong episode. collaborators and I didn't realize how many entries there are in this series and they're RPG games mm-hmm. um, which is really cool because that means you have these massive soundtracks but the style of the music while being wide-ranging, you have a lot of classic Konami, Capcom-sounding... I'm excited. I'm already excited stuff. for that episode. And I think a lot of music that most people have oh, not heard before. and the other before. thing I have to mention, this was 2001. That's crazy. So you hear this and you're thinking like, oh, Game this Boy has got to be like 1992, yeah. right? Wow. A but lot yeah. of great <laughs> Game Boy Color scores were around that time. Yeah, it's wild. So we're, we're going to go from an 8-bit, I guess we can say, sound to an 8-bit track of mine. This always happens, Will. <laughs> I'm going to play an NES track from Sky Shark, which is a very underrated Tim Fallon score. Really? And this is um, a track that we've never played on the podcast. I think we've played stage one a long time ago, but this is stage two. And it's great because something about Sky Shark, it it really feels to me like he was going for a Japanese-y sound, like specifically. He was trying to go for that, but he he can't not be Tim Fallon at the same time. (laughs) So let's take a listen to stage two from Sky Shark. You guys are listening to, I think, a very underappreciated gem here in a jam. Oh, this fantastic. is Stage 2 from Sky Shark, composed by Tim Fallon. And there's so much to love about this track. It's a really great composition, very charming. The use of the channels, very economical. This is a piece of music that's kind of combining sound effects and music right. in a way that's just so masterful. Marty, what are your thoughts on Stage 2? No, I think it's a great piece of music. We were just commenting as it was playing that... Um, it's very uh, intentionally written to weave space for one of the square channels yeah. for sound effects. 
And Will was um, kind of conjecturing, oh, I wonder if, you know, after playing your third or fourth game score and realizing, like, oh, your melodies and your harmonies are disappearing. As, right. You know, you <laughs> press the buttons but on the controller. here's the thing. How so, frustrating that can be. So it's it's great to, I don't know, I, I can't think of many other pieces of music that um, are so kind of intelligent and intentional around well, that. Yeah, it's it's this two voice, but it's what other NES two voice pieces this full and rock. Exactly. Yeah. Um so not only does he do that, but he still incorporates his own like sound effects in the composition too with the ding Yeah that like classic the chords. kind of arpeggiating um, it just sound. feels like every second you're like grabbing an orb and just like continuing to run. It's just yeah, so and fun. even that arpeggio is still just on yeah. one channel. Yeah exactly. So it's, it's amazing. It's crazy. Yeah it, it it ends up feeling sort of dynamic and 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 that's the thing that's why I love focusing on 8-bit music is that yes you can talk about how how primitive the sounds were and how limited you were in terms of timbre and you know voicing but really composers creative decisions whether it's switching register switching from you know one duty cycle to another or switching from that kind of effect from this fast tremolo-y arpeggio to something more pure it's like you can create the feeling of this Hockett style, different people in the yeah. band trading off, even if it's just one channel. And it's, it's so inspiring to hear that. And I think it's a good um for for any, you know, composers today. It's to, just a good lesson to period. realize that like yeah. you don't need more tools. I think it's very tempting to always feel like, oh, my music's gonna sound better the more gear I have, the more mm. money I spend in equipment and yeah. more is more better mixes, more channels, more everything. And it's just like what you can do. It's with more like one what David voice. Brent says, a good idea is a good idea forever. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Will, it's back to you for your third pick. So I'm excited about this one. I'm going to play something from Halo Infinite, which nice. just came out recently. And this Good was choice. an interesting score because it was composed by three people, Curtis Schweitzer, Gareth Coker, yes. in fact, from Ori fame, yeah. and uh, Joel Korolitz. And Your I, professor. I, yeah, I wanted to play a track that Joel did because he teaches my music and games class. And um, I really I, I liked uh, this particular track that I'm going to share because something that's sort of a common thread in a lot of Joel's music is his sort of love of electronic and synth sounds. And he's someone who definitely grew up in the 8 and 16-bit era and has such a love and fondness for that style. Yeah, oh, uh, He did the score for the game Eastward, which came out recently, which is very much kind of like a 16-bit love letter. Um, but you know, the, the sound of Halo Infinite is interesting because, you know, it has the sort of chorus and orchestra sure. very much in the tradition of, you know, Marty O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore. Right. And all these composers subtly allude to, um, there's a couple I noticed like melodic allusions, but oh, more like so nice. chord stuff. Sure. Like, sure. you know, those, I, I can't even describe it, but you know, the, ba 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 that yeah, thing yeah. in the original Halo mm -hmm. theme, there's a lot of tracks that sort of hearken to that. Yet I found that Halo Infinite has a lot more electronic elements mixed mm -hmm. with all that. So anyways, I just thought this would be fun to play something because this is a composer that I actually know. Um, so <laughs> this track is called Undercover and it's from Halo Infinite, composed by Joel Korolitz. Let's take a listen.
We're listening to Undercover from Halo Infinite, composed oh, dude, by Joel Korlitz. You know, I want to say something, and I know that it sounds like I'm a jaded old man, but this track was way more fun and entertaining than I was expecting it to be. I don't know what that says about you know, my op- opinion of a lot of AAA yeah, game scores Yeah, when that kind of days. creepy synth ostinato kicked in, I was like, ah, uh, I should get an Xbox. Well, it's <laughs> not just that, right. but then the drums come in and the electric bass. It's such a, like Will said, it feels like video game music. It feels yeah. like yep. it is yeah. kind of continuing the traditions of what we love, but also putting it, you know, into a new generation well, with new technology. And eclecticism, and, you know, I mean, it's like that's something that subtlety, we talk super about subtle. a lot, but it's something that... This I is outstanding. Know that Joel really loves about games is yeah. in something that, um, it, from my experience, just as a student, it, I find so refreshing because as a teacher, I think he's just so open-minded to all of our ideas. And this is a killer track, dude. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I find like so often in in film, I, I feel like it, at least as a student of like people teaching us there so often it's kind of like don't go here don't go there narrow it down this sounds too much like their that. opinions are presented like as fact and kind of thing what i love about joel is he's kind of like as long as you have the confidence of your convictions you can you said he's pretty open-minded work. and also the idea that i think games have the freedom to have a less uniform sound because sure. you think about classic games and it's like maybe the menu music is completely in this pastiche style and the stage music is completely in this other pastiche style mm-hmm. and the boss music is like this i think we've been sort of culturally trained to have this variety in games right um so i think it's like it's a little bit easier yeah. to to, to take those chances and have a little bit more fun. Well, there's also something so terrific in um, in his writing here that's uh, it's very difficult for me to articulate, but uh, there's something that those of us who love video game music, um, I think, connect with, which is like it, music that can live kind of in the background, <laughs> kind of exist playing in our subconscious yeah. but yet we can really attach and connect to it it's a hard so thing it's, to do that yeah and it's, and i don't even know exactly how i would direct or coach someone uh-huh. to kind of like write in you that just know it when plane. you hear it right or when and you yeah feel there's it. something here which is it's like this is music that will get in your skin mm-hmm. that um players will love and like really feel attached well, I mean, to and i think a lot of western composers that at least as I perceive it, that are coming into games more recently, recently being like the last 15 years. Right. Um, often it's, it doesn't, the gestures, um, the approach aesthetically doesn't sound at all different to me from how that person would approach a film. And again, it's really hard to put it into words, but I feel like that's happening in the best way here. Well, I think they chose a a good set of composers because all those things you said could be said about Gareth Coker. I mean, almost even more so. Well, and it reminds me a lot of Gareth, uh, just comments that we made about Gareth's music in the past in that... It has the qualities that you would come to spec from a modern score, you know, the sound, the subtlety, just like really pleasing, you know, interesting soundscapes. But musically, there's always something there that can just hook you and you can listen out for, whether it's the bass or the drums or that synth arpeggio. Like there's just, there's a lot of interesting things that you can just kind of soak up and yeah. enjoy, which maybe isn't always like, the case. Uh, a lot of contemporary films with really effective, powerful scores, um, can leave me kind of exhausted and it almost seems like that's part of the intent. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think a game score can, I don't know if it can ever 
do that. It charges you, you up. You really don't want a player ever feeling exhausted. Right. It's kind of contrary to the um, <laughs> like financial incentive of the medium itself. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's an interesting, uh, that's such a good point, Marty, because it brings up sort of like from the perspective as an artist is like, that's a pretty narrow constraint that sure. it's almost like in every instance we're there to empower the player or we're there to encourage their behavior right rather than lay some backdrop for scenery even though oftentimes game music does that it's still its underlying function is a more motivating one it's a um, cool song good job joel <laughs> i like your song he, yeah i think as a person he's he's kind of like carl in the fact that when you ask him a lot of I think he's very intuitive with his relationship sure. to music and so he's not someone who talks a lot about like all the theory and the complexity of what he's right. doing he just more is kind of like That's cool man. He That's sort of awesome. intuits a lot of that well, stuff. Well, you know, we're continuing our same wavelength here is as I'm moving to a slightly modern game too. Maybe not as recent, but 2021 for sure. This mm. is Bravely Default 2. Ooh, so nice. Willie should be excited to hear this because we've played music from the, the first one on our show. best name for any game. And once yeah. again, Revo returned to compose this score. Let's take a listen to Battle Theme 1. You guys are going to like this. Here we go. Are oh listening to gosh. Battle Theme One. Shut we it all down. we all love this track. I think it's safe to say it's our favorite of the day so far. Like it's so catchy. The harmonized trumpets, the string writing, the really rocking drums. It's just it's Princess Connect levels of yeah, badass. It's, it's a great melody in any era, but it's especially exciting that it's a it's new material. Yeah. Um, this is 2021 music. How cool is that, guys? Dude, you can't stop. Japanese video game composers and Will was alluding <laughs> to this as we were listening to it. It's just I mean, what a phenomenal tradition of yeah. talent and in something that is no signs of arguably stopping. as thriving now as it ever was. You know, I know yeah. we've done three I think did we do three episodes on Princess Connect and maybe we'll do more because they keep coming out with more music, but like that's just an example of like music that is still being written that is so exciting, so fresh, but also is is in some ways kind of carrying a torch of the generations that we grew up with. And that's what I hear in this, yeah, too. Yeah, to me, it's like kind of the perfect solution for how to bring the style of... I mean, you know, we play that Metarot track, which is like, yeah. you hear that, and that's video game music. Right. It's yeah. like, unmistakably, it's, how do you do that with our modern standards and expectations yeah. and what we're hearing in this, this I think is, a. this yeah. is exactly it's so the most appropriate catchy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just fantastic. And uh I mean just great trumpet playing too, that trumpet yes. section. Whoa. Yeah. All right, Will, it's up to your uh number four pick here. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I'm going to play a Super Nintendo track from a game called Z Gundam Away to the New Type. And this game Never was composed by Akihiko Mori. Have heard mm. of that composer. Um, and yeah, the title of this track is Away to the New Type. And something that I found interesting about this soundtrack is how long the loops were. Nice. That it, it's all very kind of... I guess I'd say it's, for the most part, it's pretty textbook, like 16-bit. You'll sort of hear what I'm talking about, yet almost all of the tracks have a longer form than you're expecting. And like this track starts off and you get a sort of like JRPG kind of vibe, arpeggios, flute, that kind of thing. But eventually it opens into this kind of like j-pop chorus kind of a feeling nice. that almost oh, makes nice. me think of like an anamanaguchi not at that level in terms of like energy and groove yeah. and production but like melodically and everything so yeah i i really enjoyed this track so this is a way to the new type composed by akahiko mori What a way to get back to that first section, man! God, that that so many sections, and that last one is the best. That's the payoff. The thing I love—it's so clearly a vocal melody. Like yeah. I, I yeah, swear, yeah. this is like a pop a, song quality. This is a song that Maury had in his band, and he made an instrumental. Great melody, a little bit of a Careless Whisper vibe. Yes, yes, that's what I was feeling, and I love how sparse the drums are. There's no hi hats. Do so much space. And gated snare vibe. Oh, it's very it's 80s, really cool. very feel good. Dude, what a cool pick. I had never even heard of this game. Did you find this on Zofar or like where did you? I found this on, so remember there used to be that website called Game Music Appreciation? Yeah. Well, that doesn't exist anymore, but there's another. It's like a replacement. There's another website. Now I'm, I'm ashamed to say I don't actually, I think it's called like Cirrus yes. Retro. Yes. Like C-I-R-R-I-S. It's very similar to that previous one. Yeah, they don't have, unfortunately, they don't have as large of a catalog. And they don't but have they have obscure stuff. Information. Yeah, yeah, they have, you know, some like ZX Spectrum and other weird things. Oh, that's great. Um, but yeah, I, I what found a cool this jam, dude. there. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy this. You know, it's not like the most original piece of music, but what I like about using that website sometimes is that that feeling of 
you know, it's new to us. It's a discovery. But it feels so nostalgic. It's right. like, yeah, it's totally. cool that you can keep finding new old things. The gift that keeps on giving. All right, Will, are you ready for my personal choice of track of the week? Is everyone ready? Marty and Will. Ooh, Maybe we should I'm have not, Marty vote this week ready. rather than a... Or we do we do a rock, paper, scissors three-way battle, no, I and think if it, Marty wins, he picks. I think it would oh, be I can fun. be the impar- impartial. I we have Marty to should do, be the ref. I'm sorry. Okay. We have to do a rock, paper, scissors. That's just tradition. So Yeah, you got it. <laughs> okay. Um, this is a chiptune. It is a modern chiptune, but I'm allowed. I've done that before. Uh, it's a modern chiptune by an artist called Kay Shiraki, and the album is Summerscape which I believe came out earlier this year. I'm actually playing two tracks from this today. This is my vote for track of the week. It's called Sunshine Road. It's just so awesome. It really made me smile and dance when I listened to it, and I was so excited to show it to you guys. So let's take a listen to Sunshine Road. All right, so I don't even need to say it, but yes, this is a Japanese chip tuner. <laughs> this album is Summerscape, and the artist is Kei Shiraki in Sunshine Road. Wow. Holy moly, I love this track. It's it's an overwhelming track because like every second there's something else cool that's thrown at you, and there's yeah, so many each sections. Yeah, section isn't, is never musically overwhelming. No, for it, sure. It's um, just like there's like one compelling, really hooky, appealing like section after another. And obviously this is incredibly fusiony and even at times maybe proggy. It's just very sure. experimental and daring. Like every single section he's just sometimes, I mean, he's soloing here, you know, <laughs> with the chip sound. But it's just like. It's just up my alley. I mean, I love this kind of music. It's way more complex than anything I could ever write, and that's one of the things that I like about some of these Japanese chip tuners is like their music is like beyond like my <laughs> knowledge I or mean, abilities. It's just so intricate on every level. All the voicings of every chord just are perfect, and the rhythms seem so precise. Yeah. The melodies are so strong. Everything locks together. I mean, it, it reminds me of Jake Kaufman in that way. You know, where we talk <laughs> yeah. about where it seems so busy and complex, but it's not busy in that sort of. Um, 
you messy, know, conceived, messy. It, yeah. It's it's very busy and complex, but it feels so good. Yeah, busy and that's something in an organized that way. is rare for me. Well, know? it's like classical music. You know, when mm-hmm. it's busy, it's thought out counterpoint. It's not just kind of random notes flailing about. And just the syncopation and how many of these different offbeat hits are thrown at you with like really cool chords. Just and something spicy. like this is yeah to execute this with such confidence. It's just purely it's pure delight honestly yeah, it really is absolutely. all right so speaking of pure delight will what is your pick for track three? so i'm I, th- we have to play more of this uh and i'm so excited to play a couple tracks from mario kart home circuit nice which this is the mario mm. kart game that was released last year where you can actually play reality. like mm-hmm. real race car toys in your living room with cameras and stuff it's it, it seems like such a fun idea i wish i had a bigger living room <laughs> to get this uh but the new music for the game they do reuse some stuff from mario okay. kart 8 sure. but all the new music was composed by Ryo Nagamatsu. Nice. And it's so flipping good. Like, better than Mario Kart 8 good. Wow. Like, really Whoa. great big band writing, long tracks with incredible I feel solos. embarrassed that I haven't listened to it. Dude, it's is unbelievable stuff. I mean, I, I'm going to play the title theme because I mm-hmm. think we, we have to play it, but I don't even think that's the best track like wow. there are other tracks that i think you will like even more like the I'm so um, stage creation track has this incredible yeah it's it's <laughs> unbelievable it's wow. so exciting Why i had the I feeling i had the feeling i did when we first heard the mario kart 8 main title of yeah. like whoa this is a totally new era and also you know we always talk about whenever we listen to the mario and sonic at the olympic like how great are those arrangements mm-hmm. there are a couple arrangements of like classic mario oh, koji really? stuff that are so flipping good and like oh, of the man. level of some of those sega arrangements so anyways this is the title theme for mario kart home circuit composed by ryo nagamatsu <laughs> Dude, I've never oh been gosh. more embarrassed and at the same time full of joy. This is incredible. Nagamatsu <laughs> is one of the of one of the most talented Nintendo composers yeah, uh, that's currently sure. working there. And um, he can do so many things. This I mean, is like, 
I mean, first of all, this is eight minutes and 15 seconds. Why? Like, I mean, I'm not <laughs> complaining, but it's so swanky and just like so interesting. There's so many cool solos and it's it's like it is boggling my mind. It's and it reminds me of the Olympic stuff you were talking about, because I'm almost upset that it's this good because like when it started, it, it at least felt more like. I mean, it, it wasn't. It was still incredibly new and fresh, but it felt more like, like Mario Kart. Successor Cardi. to Mario Kart. Eight but or where it goes to is like, how is this for a Mario Kart title? It's so. You sound like good. Dad. How is this for a yeah, video game? Yeah, it's too game? good for it's, video music. It's interesting, kind of following the evolution of the live big band sound in Nintendo scores. Um, Man, this and is it, this it is does on the table? feel like something that's just being fully embraced across titles. At I this mean, with point. this, it feels like anything is possible. I mean, who knows what we're going to hear at well, this point right. going I, forward? I feel you know? like the, the the jazziness of this really respects kind of the roots of Mario Kart with Soya Oka and everything. It absolutely yeah. does. Um, but it has this sort of higher energy thing that just feels like the, some of the recent titles. I also think wow, this, game, this opening melody too. This Get outstanding. Out of here. like the the theme of this game, not musical theme, but like conceptual theme of this particular Mario Kart game to me is about imagination because it's kind of like you imagine your living room is this racetrack and they have these course builders and everything. So I think the soloing that all the tracks mm. feature these great solos kind of it, it hmm. that's the musical way of implying imagination. Yeah. Of just bubbling creativity. Yeah, yeah. That's so yeah. cool. Guys, let's do it, Marty. It's been a long okay. time since you've been involved in this, but here we go, guys. I, I don't think this works. I don't think I you think, can do three-way. I think we can do it. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens here. Well, because we're all going to die. Right. One person's going to die for sure. Here we go. You guys ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay. So Marty. So Marty's gone. Okay. Here we go. You ready, Will? So just to annotate for the people who weren't listening, Carl and I both did scissors and Marty did paper. So okay, here we go. You ready? Um, now Shoot. that we've killed off the dead weight, <laughs> we now it's time for the real battle to here begin. Here we go. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. All right. I win. And I think we all agree that this is the deserving so track. So Carl did rock and I did paper. And once again, Will wins. I believe he wins every single show. You say that. <laughs> always you say always that. say that. <laughs> I, wanted, no, I want someone to go back and tell me when was the last time I won. Here. You know, this deserves it, man. Wow. I'm very embarrassed, but I'm also full of joy, which is a weird mix of emotions. Um, all right. So I want to play another track from that album, Summerscape. Ooh, yeah. Wonderful chiptune track. I couldn't decide between these two, so I'm playing both of them. This one is called Going Out. Here we go.
It's an embarrassment of riches today. This is, again, by Kei Shiraki, who is an outstanding, mind-bogglingly talented Japanese chip tuner. This is going out from Summerscape. And you guys listening out there and all, you know, both of you (laughs) that I'm looking at, you got to listen to this whole album. What a beautiful feast of surprise after surprise. I was just struck with how every new element was never something I was expecting. Right? Like Even the chord, the chords. Timberly, <laughs> yeah. um, the arrangements, the harmonized, yeah, feel so, you know, so really perfect. nice chip yeah. lines. Well, and also it's like getting just a splash of some of those more EDM quasi dubstep Isn't elements. Isn't that cool? Yeah. It makes it more of this modern generation too yeah. which is cool that it isn't just purely pastiche or purely retro fantasizing like it's kind of taking that and making something new and not to say like relevant I think that's kind of a silly term when talking about music because uh, I don't know but it's it so feels, fleeting uh, but it yeah feels it does feel like it's breathing. something it, it's adding something that and we played a Keishi Rocky track on a previous uh, Modern Chiptune episode, but this album and a, a lot of what I hear from this artist is some of the most colorful and fun music that I've heard in a long yeah, time. Yeah, extremely colorful. Well, it's music that believes in the power of these sounds and yeah. that like the conversation is not ended uh, yeah. around There's still more music to do with these chips. Wow. More to say. All right, Will, back to you for your number six track. So I'm going to do another Mario Kart Home Circuit track. Please do. I didn't want to give away some of the... Because I figured we'd either do a spotlight or want to play more um, uh, in the future. So I didn't want to give away any of the ones that have like the crazy cool soloing and new jazz stuff. This is one that's entirely an arrangement of existing Mario material. But I just thought it was such... I just have so much respect for Nagamatsu because he just did such a tasteful job. The This track is called Bowser Jr. and Koopalings Invade. And this track references the kind of Bowser Jr. boss battle theme by Mahito Yokota from Galaxy. Very nice. And also the Koopaling battle from Mario 3 by Koji right. Kondo. So he takes those two, puts them together. Um, it's like big band meets uh, kind of distorted guitar, quasi like it. it uh, he makes that condo thing sound like like a heavy metal riff. It's so cool. I can't wait. It's great. Uh, it's a short little track, but I just really wanted to share this with you guys. This is Bowser Jr. and Koopalings Invade. This arrangement by Ryo Nagamatsu featuring music by Mahito Yokota and Koji Kondo. I don't think I've ever heard big band metal, at least in a way that's this good. I'm sure like that's Yoko Kano has done something like yeah, that yeah. in Dude, anime I love or the tempo but... of that Mario 3 theme. It's so like yeah. 
badass. I mean, how great is that rhythm? It's just a great. It becomes a great metal riff. You know, it's like one of the most badass metal riffs now. Yeah. That is so cool! Wow, because it yeah. has that sort of pivot tone. It just, yeah, yeah. it's perfect for guitar. It is. I it like makes me hear that tune in a different way. The thing is, is that already was so kind of bluesy and and proggy. Mm-hmm. So I mean, maybe he was thinking of a guitar for that. But yeah, it, I also just it's so cool to give that because to me that's like a lesser appreciated track. Yakoda's Junior boss, but the band and but to, co- to combine them is just a great idea. Man, Nagamatsu was not missing God, around. Fantastic. I'm excited to definitely do some sort of a focus on that for sure. So this is my last pick uh, of the day. Uh, this is from a game called Kurayami uh, for the PC 98, and if I'm not mistaken, I think it's an adult game. <laughs> As like, what is it, like 70% of the PC-98 games are? <laughs> sure. We did that one adult spotlight uh, not too long ago. Uh, this is by Panda, who's one of my favorite composers on that system. This is Reuniting with the Past. That's really beautiful. Reuniting with the Past by Panda. Um, it's it's adult PC-98 music. It's so beautiful and emotional. I don't want to know what depravity is, is happening during this game. <laughs> All I know is this piece of music is really pretty. And it's a great use of the PC-98 hardware, um, the combination of the PSG and the FM channels. Such a colorful sound. This is from uh, Kurayami. What are your thoughts? It's beautiful. I, I think, God. Carl, you and I had Gorgeous. the same sort of instinct for our final tracks to kind of wind things yes. down. Has something a little more sentimental, sort of a farewell. Because mm-hmm. um, I think my track also has this sort of lower energy, um, which hopefully will set up kind of some ample runway for Marty to share yeah, some it's music also at the end PC-98, I don't hear this kind of music that much, you know? Like sure. this kind of sweet, sensitive, yeah. <laughs> goodbye kind of music yeah it's really pretty it's a great showcase too of the chipset on the pc and um pc 88 where it's 98 like, yeah oh, 98 one, yeah, yeah. Uh, spoke correctly um yeah just the those those timbres coming together are just really beautiful mm-hmm. and like lovely writing for the the arpeggio texture and um cow panda it's, an, it's another best. example of that nostalgia that brand new nostalgia that yeah. we experience a lot. Digging well, through I think you music. guys are going to get that a lot from this next track. Will's last track. Of the this day. is the ending from Metarot 5, once again composed by Kinyuo Yamashita. Let's take a listen.
beautiful piece is ending from Metarot 5, composed by Kinyuo Yamashita. Beautiful. What a, you know, it's funny how we're always on the same page. Like our last picks are both so, they're, they're probably both ending tracks, yeah. <laughs> I would imagine. Uh, this one, yeah, is also similar to the PC-98 one. Such a great showcase of the, the Game Boy hardware. I mean, that you can do a piece that's this sweet and sensitive I actually love the the drum grooves are really tasteful and mm-hmm. like a track like this can still be kind of funky too you know <laughs> which is right, another right. thing about video game music is like they always have to add that one element that maybe you wouldn't hear in, in other mediums well, there's something about chip noise that um, really like glues like yeah. a, a track together so even if in a different setting it maybe wouldn't make much sense sure. to have like mm-hmm. a drum kit part like you're, just a little bit of that rhythmic pulse yeah, helps just, a lot. Yeah, it's so right in this. What in a this great sound. tune! Yeah. Well, this is a perfect uh, segue. We're gonna we're gonna have a little bit of a mini focus here uh, at the end of our episode. Marty brought in a couple tracks from a soundtrack in a game that just came out that Marty worked on. So Marty, set up uh, the tracks that you're gonna share today. Sure, and thanks again for. Um, letting me kind of come on the show and I'm just so happy to be able to uh, hang out and for the three of us to be able to spend time together. Of course. Yeah, this is a soundtrack that uh, just released on uh, Black Friday um, uh, <laughs> for a game titled Everything is Overwhelming. Uh, the game is not yet commercially available. Um, I would describe it as kind of an educationally focused uh, point and click graphic adventure game. Yeah. And it, you end up playing as these two young girls uh, who each have their own experience of autism. Um, Very interesting. First playable character um, is this girl named Maddie. And then um, her best friend is the other player playable character, this girl named Charlie. And features just uh, gorgeous art, uh, really charming story, um, and just kind of a great mission behind the game. And I was able to kind of connect to it through our good friend and Mercado brother, um, Matthew, uh, mm-hmm. who did a lot of great uh, development and kind of engine work and game design. And who was the, the other game. person who did uh, kind of a lot of the other work on it as well? Yeah. So they're an incredible artist. Uh, you can find them online under the handle uh, Tsuyonpu. So oh, okay. T-S-U-Y-O-N-P-U. And they're based out of Germany. Just, yeah, again, fantastic uh, art. What's so cool, I feel like, about the kind of family that we have of this, you know, our Mercado network or whatever is everyone's so talented. Mm -hmm. It's like, and everyone is talented in multiple ways. You know, Matthew is a talented chip tuner, Mm -hmm. composer, you know, that major third YouTube series he used to do. So fantastic. He's great on heroes three. He's also an artist. I mean, you think about the Kellys and how so many hats versatile to go around. I, I just love that, you know, we're able to, um, work with our friends in all these yeah, amazing right. beautiful ways it's the greatest privilege and treat in the world yeah. and um it was actually during a heroes 3 episode where matthew was showing us um some of what he was working on wiring up one of these rooms hmm. um again it's kind of an adventure game like a modern take on, sure. on MAME or something. It looked very, like the I saw the artwork of it. It reminded me of Broken Age. Yeah, right? yeah. Mm. I would say not far removed from the look and feel of something like Broken Age. Well, Marty, and the, the first... moment I saw it, I just asked, is it at all possible yeah. to be involved in the music? Because it really uh, just spoke to me. And what was uh, 
especially exciting is I think the game called for music that uh, could depict um, the experience for these characters, but also would hopefully be welcomed yeah. by characters with that experience. So um, the goal was to have music that would be extremely pleasant, soothing, mm. um, comforting, supporting to listen to, uh, supporting to listen to, but also hopefully really depict the environments that our characters are in and the state of mind that are quite a challenge in. for you. So the first track that Marty is going to share with us today is Maddie from everything is overwhelming. guys listening to maddie and you definitely nailed the pleasing calming emotion on this it's so so beautiful well and it's so what i love about this music is to me it's it's so you like it you really put so much of your own incredibly delicate personality and spirit into it it's so sensitive it's so beautifully arranged and supported but very melodic but perfect game music it's like i I could imagine this in some sort of like indie film but to me it's most at home in a video game soundtrack well it and it has something that the halo infinite track did i know that's funny because it couldn't be more different right huge inspiration but what i'll say is that there's a lot of modern kind of game maybe indie game score that might have a similar palette to this sure but what that Halo track had that this one has is there's so many little things that you can listen out for and enjoy and pick up on oh, like great. oh that's a really pretty marimba line in there oh I love how that flute is you know doubling that mm-hmm. there's just a lot of things you can pick out and enjoy and so it's um, it's more of an entertaining piece of music than I think most uh, modern tracks that would have this kind of vibe would well, be that's a really yeah, cool I also think your use of the solo tremolo string is such a great effect narratively very imaginative it, it's like it, it to me what it says is sort what of like, like as a if child, you're afraid think, yeah. to take a step forward but the music is inviting but it acknowledges kind of like you were saying it acknowledges that fear that trepidation a little bit of the nervousness, that anxiety yeah. 
but so welcoming. And you you mentioned before, like the idea of being welcoming. And yeah, this piece is is welcoming. Well, and it was really fun because I also got to um, design the sound effects in in the oh, game great. as well. And so with those sounds and with the music, uh, there was an emphasis on really that like this tactile quality because you know with like a point and click adventure game you're encouraging the player to touch things, to mm-hmm, look around, mm-hmm. to explore. So um, hopefully you can almost kind of like feel your As a hands-on piece of music. Like, yeah. yeah. Coming across. That's really cool. So the second track Marty wanted to share with us today is Charlie. He mentioned is the second main character, would you say? Yeah, that's right. And the way the game is structured, this is kind of the sort of final leg of the game. And uh, Charlie is another really... Um, yeah, beautifully designed and um, kind of written character. And she is really interested in like stargazing. And mm. there's this moment where she's in this beautiful kind of celestial kind of scape. And that really is kind of what inspired the direction of this piece of music. That's awesome. So other than our playout, which we're also going to play out with a track from the score from Marty, this is the last track of the day. Please enjoy Charlie. This is one of the great things about this, Marty's last track of the day, is it reminds me of the holiday season and just cozying up with family and good friends. And and now I'm just getting excited for, you know, more more fun times. Hopefully uh, we can see each other at some point in the, you know, Christmas time season as well, uh, which is coming up soon. But this is so beautiful and sensitive. Yeah, Will was saying that this might be his his favorite on on the score. I just I adore this melody. I mean, this kind of chord progression is a very filmic one. Yeah, very Edward Scissorhands. I think to to have a melody on top of it that feels original and kind of is memorable. Like I've only heard this once, but as soon as it started playing, I (laughs) remember that. It's angelic. Uh, It's just great, man. Uh, Yeah. So guys, and something I wanted to mention. You know, I was gonna play uh, a track 
called Grieving from The Last of Us 2, and I mm. ended up cutting ah, it because so I wanted to play more of that um, Mario Kart music uh, and stuff. But the reason why I wanted to have that as an opportunity to grieve is recently we lost the legendary composer yeah. Stephen Sondheim, who yes. I know was a huge influence on you, Marty, yeah. and I know myself as well. Uh, and I, there's something about that melody, the sort of particulars of the pitch. It, it kind of reminds me of like a Sondheim melody. Oh, no, I could totally, melody. I can totally. Um, Just that sort of angular that. leap down at the end. Yeah, and I I like something that um, you shared with me like privately as we were kind of processing um, Sondheim's passing. Which, um, I don't think I'm going to capture it as well as you put it, but it's another case of a person really putting the absolute best of themselves in the in their work and yeah. their art and, and i think people often talk of about his lyrics create, you know they yeah. talk about how clever he was in his words but i know he himself you know he viewed lyric writing as a craft but music is what he truly loved and yeah. right you can hear that like as there's so many songs where he put a level of personal emotion and particularly i mean i think the song being alive from company yeah. is probably yeah, especially at that time in his life the most personal song he ever yeah, wrote absolutely because that character of bobby is very much like him in a way and that sort of justifying being alone but really being sad and wanting someone and expressing the ambivalence of that yeah, and, and kind of the yeah pain it's sort of, of that. the ultimate Sondheimian melody. Well, man, what a yeah. what a great emotional, cozy way to end our episode and a nice little tribute there. <laughs> um, I'm glad you mentioned that. Definitely rest in peace. So I do want to plug, Marty, could you tell us where our listeners can pick up this oh, soundtrack? Oh, sure. Um, so it's available now at my band camp, uh, which you can find either on any of my social media channels, uh, username Marty B Music. Otherwise, you could visit martybmusic.com, and there are links to my band camp from, um, from that site. Otherwise, martybmusic.bandcamp.com. Well, and there's Perfect. some new Carl B. music coming out this yes. week as well. Yes, very excited for the release of Sonic-esque Flashfield. If you're listening to this episode upon release, it's this Friday, and the listening party is going to be Thursday night at 8 Central. Uh, I'm really excited, really for mostly Will and Marty to hear it, <laughs> and then Marty, I guess everyone else. I, I told Carl that I actually had a dream about this new Sonic-esque album, and I remember it was like, because you mentioned to me over Thanksgiving that there's some sort of surprise, there's some a surprise. sort of twist yeah. element that I'm not expecting, and so that night I had a dream, oh. and in the dream, the twist was that Sonic comes out of the TV <laughs> and is in the that's, real that world. That sounds like the Don't ring. And so it. then, like no. all, the rest the of the power tr- ring, the rest yeah. of the track names were all like real cities in the world. That's like, cool. Oh wow. Yeah. Kind of Odyssey but. too. That way. Yeah. So there's there's a surprise element to it. I can't wait to show it to you guys and all the rest of the world too. I'm really really proud of it. I think it might be my favorite album that I've done. Oh, dude! Um, so oh, couldn't be more wait. excited about that. We're gonna play you guys out with um, a piece from Everything Is Overwhelming. It's her own world again, composed by Marty. Thanks so much, Marty, for joining us for this really fun show and tell episode. Oh, what a treat, guys! Thanks so much. And thanks, Will, for picking some absolute bangers and thanks carl for the same thing i'm feeling very <laughs> thankful thanksgiving yes. yeah, that's right we love you guys thanks so much for listening my name is carl brueggemann and i'm will brueggemann and i'm marty brueggemann have a great week everybody peace out <laughs>